Ayushi Mona and you're listening to India Booked, a podcast where we lean into the idea of India through its literature and we speak to authors who bring this to life. Hello everyone, I'm Ayushi Mona. You're listening to India Booked, a podcast where we lean into the idea of India through its literature. Today I have with me Priyanka Sarkar, who's a translator and an editor. She's translated Chitra Mudgal's book and Shivani's Bhairvi, which we're discussing today, both of them into English. Her translation of short stories from Hindi to English have been published by OUP, South Asian Review and Women Unlimited. She's translated also from English to Hindi and Bangla to English. She currently works as a publishing consultant. Priyanka, it's amazing to have you on the show. Thank you for agreeing to do this and uh, glad to have you here. Thank you, Ayushi, for uh, thinking of me and for uh, invi- for uh, inviting me to this uh, on your amazing platform. And yeah, it's great to talk to book lovers at yeah, I I really hope uh, more and more people read the book. So Priyanka, uh, you know, before we started this, I think we were talking about how it's a coincidence that we're recording this on Shivani's birth anniversary. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's really quite a coincidence. But uh, I mean, I hope this turns out to be a lucky coincidence. <laughs> so for for the uninitiated right a lot of people um uh, you know uh, don't really uh, might not know about the works of shivani shivani was born in the year 1923 um she passed away 17 years ago and she was one of the most popular hindi magazine story writers of the 20th century and she won the padma shri and she was a towering figure in hindi literature you also garnered like a lot of following, I think, uh, in you know the pre-television eras of 60s and 70s. Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, she was really a huge, she was like a rock star. And, uh, you know, if you go back to any of the discussion, I mean, uh, any of the discussions or uh, even if you look at uh, Ira Pandey, who was her daughter, youngest daughter's book on her, which is Didi. You would find that, uh, I mean, she was so massively popular and so, and she was uh, so loved and feted that uh, her, when her stories came out, uh, the, the magazines uh, actually made money. Uh, I mean, they used to tell her uh, to write stories so that, you know, they could uh, get some revenue. I mean, imagine that kind of a situation. I mean, I don't see that kind of a popularity right now where, you know, one author, you actually ask one author to write a story and fiction anyway does not sell at all these days but uh, I mean she will imagine she was so popular that her books uh, made her publishers money and it's very interesting also right because this novel that we're discussing today Bhairvi was actually first serialized right it, it came out in a weekly called Saptahik Hindustan yeah, and I think that was also, uh, that was the time when they used to uh, serialize uh, a lot of these stories. So it was, I I mean, uh, yeah, even I have read some of, not her stories, but other, so I think it sort of, it was the norm till about the uh, 80s, late 80s. And yeah, I mean, there were all these really popular women's magazines that, uh, used to carry these short stories or or 
novel or uh, serialized no uh, novels and novellas so yeah that was yeah the more the norm in that sense so especially popular stuff so priyanka you know um you of course had translated before you uh, you know picked up this work what is, is it that drew you to this book did the book sort of call out to you did the publisher call out to you what was your journey like you know how did you actually start working on this piece on uh, as a trans i mean uh, how did i get into translations or uh... how did you particularly get into translating this uh, this book did you want to do it uh, uh, did the family want to do it did the publisher want to do it uh, really who called out to who okay so again this was a huge coincidence uh, because uh, yeah i was uh, this i'd gone to meet uh, one uh, one a friend who shares the workspace at uh, yoda press and uh, yeah and arpita and i got talking this was probably the second or the third time i was meeting her and she so she and it was just like one of those regular uh, random uh, uh, chats okay and she was like oh so priyanka what are you up to what are you doing and uh, what are you uh, so and i and uh, giligadu chitramukkal's uh, book i just finished working on it i know it had just come out so i told her okay so you know i've done this translation for yogi books and it's just come out so she so she asked me what i was working on next so yeah i just said i mean i hadn't really thought of anything at that point of time so i just said yeah nothing right now she's like oh uh, you know why don't you think of something and then we can see if uh, there's something we can work on together so i was like okay sure and then i was uh, you know it was just like a sort of an afterthought i was lit- almost out of the door when i just turned around and said hey what about shivani i mean and shivani came to my mind because uh, uh, i had read her and her writing had had a huge impact on me i read her when i was a child uh, not a child actually i was a teenager let's uh, yeah let's not infantilize but uh, yeah so i just so okay so why not shivani i mean i i read her and i love her writing and uh, Uh, yeah she like i mean i uh, her writing had had a huge impact on me as a person I, i mean that's what that's what i feel so yeah she's like yeah sure why not uh, why don't you uh, uh, you know write us uh, i'll put, oh yeah then she said okay i'll let me put put you in touch with the family and uh, i know era so i'll put you in touch with her and then uh, we can see how it goes so yeah then we uh, so she put me in touch with ira i she were and she, ira later told me that they were very keen on getting uh, an uh, you know a, an outsider so to speak not really an outsider but someone from outside the family to uh, translate because they they haven't had the best experiences with some of the samples in the beginning so she she she's like oh, yeah i just told you to say yeah she's like yeah let you know print chhodate hain uh just please uh please uh, translate 10 pages and send it to us so yeah i sent it to her in i translated those pages my conversation with arpita was last year in january then i sent the 10 chap the 10 pages in sometime in february in march i think it was end march or april when we i one fine day i get a mail from ira saying 
we, we love the sample and can you, yeah just uh, you can go ahead with the translation and just send uh, send the final to us for approval and that was that i mean that and i am mail. so glad for it <laughs> thank you but that one mail was really like it really sort of change, uh, brought about the change I'm glad and the reason you know I said that I'm glad for it is because um, you know in I for one right only read hindi literature uh, throughout school when it was foisted upon me as I grew older um, I have read you know the couple of popular translations that you will see lying around which is like a, a munshi prem chand or abhishek sahani and all of that right but by and large the school curriculum or uh, what is available today to readers who read in english or cosmopolitan readers from hindi literature is very limited right and and there's and also because of course there's a vast hindi belt but i don't know a lot of publishing focus right is on say like a munshi premchand right or somebody like a sumitra nandan or you know or somebody who can be glamorized like somebody like a sahir ludhyanvi really endures in the popular imagination or a manto of people who wrote in that era you know also in terms of time uh, you know due to the interesting personal lives as well and an author like shivani i had no idea that the, the kind of voice that she has right is very distinctive and it really like shakes you up and <laughs> you know it's not like reading something that's been very curated her voice is very raw very raw it's also i think it it's also raw because it talks about certain realities in a very natural fashion with the, i mean there isn't any although her writing is beautiful it's very i mean uh, you have you you haven't read the the original i mean the hindi which is i would say a pity if you can read it read the hindi you should try and uh, please read some of it because her writing is beautiful and uh, so yeah it's not like it's not stylized or anything but the and it's slightly sanskritized and everything but uh, you know uh, it's interesting that you're talking about all these authors and big wigs uh, so to speak because i mean you know uh, i don't know much about uh, the the exact circumstances and the situations but there was uh, at that point of time in uh, hindi literature at least there was a huge focus being placed on literary writing on you know talking about the quote unquote big issues so you know you would uh, so they were obviously for and uh, so it was about and it was also about this kind of writing that she was writing it wasn't just Uh, i mean of course the uh, even her contemporaries or people who wrote a little after her like manu bhandari and uh, others uh, i mean they were also massively popular they were well read but they weren't given a sort of uh, you know they weren't cons- taken very seriously let's put it that way in literary circles because of what they were uh, right uh, of the kind of subjects they were uh, picking up i find that that's an issue even now in english i'm i'm more familiar with the english publishing world so the that's a, that's the problem even now like you know you if you have the big topics even in translations people want to read more about the big subjects but they don't want to i mean they wonder what they're going to 
sort of learn from or uh, uh, understand of a woman who's uh, who's in love and uh, lives a certain kind of a life and why sh- i mean they don't really understand why they should be reading this so that issue is still there you know this is very interesting to me um i find one of the most interesting trends right in the modern publishing world is the disproportionate amount of literature consumed by women compared to men women read a lot more books than men do um, and that is why women's fiction or romance or uh, women writers you know and 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 a lot of them are looked down upon in disdain by the more elite literary community are actually the money earners of the literary world much like shivani was for these serialized magazines and it's very interesting because i think it's really literature where women find this nook and corner to express themselves or to talk about these realities right which the mainstream sort of energy or media really is is more male driven or or for the male gaze and for me this book reading this book also and now that you have told me i am definitely going to put the hindi version on my to do list yeah i mean even if you can't read the the, the entire thing i at least try and read a page absolutely and thanks uh, for this priyanka uh, you know because as you speak i i for one can really like draw a lot of parallels for instance in the foreword to this book itself where you know uh, shivani gorapan's daughter has written about her mother uh, it's very interesting because she she mentions that right she mentions this whole ideology the whole patrilineal system in which uh, shivani's brahmin family lived and here was this woman writing this these novels full of passion life and you know really bold books and she did not have a mentor she's like she becomes a literary phenomena quite lit- quite pretty much from a kitchen right <laughs> yeah and yeah the that's the thing i mean you uh, uh, it's the same situation even now can you i mean can you sort of uh, uh, think of writing really racy erotic and your family sort of just owning it up and saying hey we are very proud of our daughter that she's written this yeah i mean do you think that is a possibility it's absolutely impossible and and you know and it will be impossible irrespective of you know your social class or community background it, it just comes down to the fact that you're a woman so you writing something like this is yeah it's like how do you even know these things i mean who told you about so much i mean how do you like you can't are you just making all of this up that will that is how it you, you know that will be the reaction so it's it's the discomfort with the with the idea that a woman can know these things or they are familiar with things like desire or uh, uh, i mean like here uh, you know she talks about different kinds of desires right there is the desire that there's there's the desire that uh, maya didi feels for the guru then there's the kind of uh, odd desire that uh, i mean i won't call it desire uh, but yeah i mean it's it is a slight infatuation that even charan feels for the guru and i in my opinion uh, if i mean in my opinion i feel that even in the first part of the book 
Chandan also does feel a, a smidgen of desire for her, for the Guru, but uh, yeah, towards the end, it, I mean, I feel like Shivani just decided to play safe, to play it safe, and uh, turned him into a villain of sorts. And I think because, right? I mean, of course, it's fiction, right? And then. Uh, so you have you have to build a narrative and you have to tell a story, but I think compared to a lot of say feminist books, right? This book really holds a special place because how many books that had such feminist themes, right? From a female author were even being written, right? And even like a character like a Rajeshwari or a Chandan, you know. I mean, while obviously it draws upon certain protagonists, right? But it's also making comments on the society, right? That that treats women differently than men and talks about, say, their endurance, right? And on the kind of moral strength and resilience also. I don't want to get too much into plot and give spoilers away because, you know, that, that's something I, I want to steer away from. But maybe, you know, without giving away spoilers, Priyanka, is there a particular scene in the book that you might want to read out or talk about that you particularly enjoyed uh, translating or reading? Okay, so this is one of my favorite bits, also because of a lot of stuff that's happening around us. A lot of discussions. Once I start reading it, you will realize what exactly I'm talking about. Okay, so here goes. Let's rest for a bit and then leave. Earlier, I used to return only in the evenings. One puff and then only sleep. I have come prepared. Don't worry. She took out a small chillum from the knot of her sari and then reaching out behind the idol, took out a small packet and poured its contents into the chillum and started laughing. I take one prasad of shiva here and one at home. The one I take here starves off the fear of ghosts and spirits on the road and the one at home of the witch there. Ever since the Shakti Mandal here was pulled away by a lion, I have had to run back sooner. Lighting the full chillum with the sacred fire, she wrote, Jai Shiv Guru, and touched it to the shivling and then to her forehead. Then cupping the chillum with both her hands, she took a long drag and started cupping. The light of the lamp was waning. Charan was acting like she had had an attack of madness. She was dancing, coughing and singing, Jai Bam, Jai Bam, Bam Lahari, Bam Bam, Bam Bam, Bam Lahari. Her voice echoed through the temple. What could Chandan do? On the one hand were the roads lost in the smoke of burning fires, the chance of running into ravenous and cunning lions, the walk through long and winding roads, the aggression of the Chandal, the memory of eyes that could look into your very soul. On the other, in a dark, strange temple, a companion lost in the intoxication of marijuana. What if two ash-smeared arms embraced her? Chandan tried to snatch the chillum away before the lamp went out. What are you doing, Charan? Don't smoke anymore. Let's go home. I'm scared. She choked as she said that. Her outstretched arms caught at nothing and kept handing, hanging in the emptiness. Two burning, intoxicated eyes carved into the shirtim idol on the temple's broken wall seemed to be shooting arrows at her, pushing her back. Where did that idol come from? Was this tantric temple making her see things or was the smoke from Charan's magical chillum getting in her nostrils and making her hallucinate? It isn't just marijuana, Charan bellowed with laughter. There's something else in it too. The poison of dog face. Understood? One drag and you're a queen. Pluck diamonds off golden trees and eat them. That's the reason, Gopal says. A girl is better than the boy who hasn't smoked weed. And that's it. 
Thanks, Priyanka. I am so um so I'm sorry for that awkward pause there because I was just like listening and I was like, okay, continue. <laughs> but I get uh, a lot like <laughs> I do understand why you you chose this excerpt, right? Because I mean, in terms of the plot and and everything. But tell me something, right? Uh, from a translator's point of view, right? How easy or difficult it is to be authentic to the original work and i and i know all translators get this haka hua question all the time right but i i think that it's just fun to listen to uh, the answer because everyone has a slightly different take depending on their own writing style yeah and i think every translator also has a different style so there isn't like one uh, one size fits all kind of a th- uh, thing that you can just say and i would say that it also it doesn't just depend on the translator it sometimes also depends on the book okay, so the uh, on the book that you're translating on the writer you're translating because uh, you know uh, i've i've translated premchand i've translated chitramudgal and uh, you know neelkanth uh, neeprabha and all so you know with premchand and chitramudgal the language was much simpler it was more for a it was more of a spoken uh, simpler language so you know you can just read it and it's easier in some ways because the sentences are shorter and uh, you know you can just get to it very quickly and tra- i mean you can't translate quickly but yeah you get the sense of it the rhythm of it a little uh, sooner where like with neel prabha bharadwaj i had translated her when i was very young i was in my early 20s and uh, i mean that's something i really wish i can i mean i really hope i can go back to it at some point but because her the piece i had translated was uh, what you would call very or it was very you know auditory the it was more oral so i mean i'm not particularly very uh, proud of it but i mean it did get i mean that that's the one that got published in south asian review but uh, i mean now after i mean 10 years later i think i would uh, want to uh, 10 i mean it's been more than 10 years but yeah i would want to go back to it and there are some changes i would want to make yeah so and this is in spite of it being a translation you will always have this feeling that maybe you know i could have used this word instead of that that feeling will all even with shivani i mean with shivani the the challenge was different because uh, so yeah i'll let i'll just read the yeah. the first paragraph first paragraph of, of the story and then i'll read the translation and you know it it's that will be more like a show show and not tell things so you know aakash ki nilema mano us aranya ko cheerti hui jhapate se niche utar aayi prachin vat aur ashwath ke dhumil vraksh mon sadhakon ki tarah achal khade the वह उस खुली खिड़की से बड़ी देर से इन्हीं वृक्षों को देख रही क्या इन वृक्षों की पत्तियां भी अरण्य की मूल भयावता से सहमकर हिलना भूल गई थी उसने करवट बदलने की कोशिश की जरा हिली की रग रग में दर्द दौड़ गया वह कराह उठी उस दिन सिस्की में डूबे हुए करुण निश्वास को सुनकर कोठरी के किसी अंधेरे कोने पर लगी खटिया से कूद कर बदन वाली एक प्रौड़ा उसके चेहरे पे झुक गई दस द हिंदी ओरिजिनल so you know i mean it's not your simple regular spoken hindi 
kind of Hindi, right? It's a very stylized kind of writing. So how do you translate something like Prachin Vat or Ashwat ki dhumel vraksh mon sadhako ki tarak achal khade the? So yeah, these were real challenges. Yes, I, I completely understand. Yeah, so this is how I translated the paragraph. It seemed as if the blue of the sky had dripped through the jungle to touch the earth. Old trees and fig trees stood silent and motionless like hermit. She had been staring at those trees for a while through the open windows. Have their leaves too forgotten to stir in fear of the jungle? She tried to turn on her side. Every part of her body ached at the barest movement. A moan escaped her lips. On hearing the same faint breath from the day of the accident, an old fat woman jumped down from a bed in some dark corner of the room and bent over. Okay, so if you look at the last sentence, it says, Us din siski mein dubay hoi karun nishwaas ko sunkar, kotri ke kisi andhere kone par lagi khatiya se koot kar, thul thule badan wali ek prada uske jahre par chup gai. Okay, and that has now become, on hearing the same paint breath from the day of the accident, an old fat woman jumped down from a bed in some dark corner of the room and bent over her. Now here, if you look at it, I mean, Thulthule Badanwali Prada could have very well been translated into an old uh, fat hag or an uh, a jiggly old fat hag or something. So I didn't want to get too graphic. I was like, there's no need for that jiggly old bit. So uh, like the Thulthule Badanwali. So let's just keep, because it sort of does give the picture. So I uh, we omitted that and then... It about uh, making it old fat woman and not old hag was also is uh, I mean it also comes a bit later and I mean it's again on the next page you call her a hag and this is, and this as you would know is Maya Devi who turns out to not be an old hag but like this really attractive older woman and <laughs> not really an older woman in the derogatory ageist sense but like a more mature, sexy, mature woman, right? Get the feeling or was it just me? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was just nodding along, Priyanka. And you know, one of the things, right, that I was uh, wondering, which I think, I mean, I can talk about without giving away spoilers because it, it doesn't really tell anyone anything. Is this whole role of Aghori Sadhus, right? In the book. Also, I think the book, has a very beautiful cover and when I saw it at first, right, and I had no idea what this book that I'm sitting to read was going to be all about, right? I had a very um I had a very typical imagination of, you know, it'll be like one of those mythology skins or something like that, or something about like religion as it's preached in the mainstream. It was actually quite delightful uh, to even hear of Aghori Sadhus because more and more huh, from the mainstream imagination, certain parts of Hinduism, our culture, or those times, right, when she wrote this kind of fiction, has gone away. How do you deal with uh, something like that, right? Because uh, something from a translator's perspective, like Aghori Sadhus, has, of course, these, the exact kind of how do you handle it as a translator. The second piece is how do you bring alive something like Aghori Sadhus to an audience that even might not understand the concept of it, right? See, for as far as audience who might not understand the concept, I would say there's always Google. So, to encounter something you don't know, always Google. 
Google has, like my grandmother would say, Google has everything. Uh, my very de dead grandmother used to say that. So you can imagine. Like, uh, yeah, so I mean, let's not go there. But yeah, and as for translating what we call the untranslatables, because, you know, things like Aghori Sadhus or Ramdas Kirtanya or, uh, you know, these kind of things have cultural nuances. And, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, if, A, I, I understand that I'm not a theologian or I'm not an expert on Aghori Sadhus. So it's best that A, don't get into that discussion and uh, of explaining things in the, because you there's always the possibility of missing out something. And then you start, when you start translating these things, you either end up with a, a fully annotated text, which will seem like an academic tool, which totally defeats the purpose of reading something like this. Because here it's more about the story. I mean, she's not here to educate you about Aghori Sadhus if you want to learn about them. Just, you know, look it up. Even uh, And uh, most people at that point, when she was writing these stories, of course, Google wasn't there. But people knew, had some idea of what Aghori Sadhus were. They were more familiar with these ideas or these concepts. And yeah, I mean, I yeah. So, and these were some of the things I had heard from my grandmother about. So I know that, you know, these th people, pe that people knew, I mean, the general populace knew. And she, I mean, yeah, so... No, no, Priyanka, totally fair, you know. And I think, like, a lot of writers are slightly more apologetic about this, right? Like, they have a tendency to uh, have glossaries where they translate everything, describe everything. And, and I, I think think that. I have done that. It's, I mean, uh, for my, for uh, Gilligan, who I had done that, I had kept a shortish uh, glossary because that, I mean, that was entirely possible with that one. But because, you know, I mean, uh, terms like uh, tervi or, and stuff, I have done that. I mean, I, so, but, I, you know, there's also a certain confidence that you gain as you write or as you keep translating. And with this one, especially because it's so culturally dense, it has so many cultural nuances, I felt. I had started doing it and then I realized the pointless pointlessness of it. Yeah, I... I think it was quite refreshing you know which is why I asked you that like and I, I'm so glad that the first thing you said was that boss just google it yeah, well, no because seriously I, I mean I thought about it I discussed it with my um, amazing editor and publisher Arpita and yeah she was like yeah do like totally your readers can google it so tell them to look it up if anyone says anything just tell them to look it up I'm like yeah yeah, I am so glad, you know, because when I read War and Peace, I googled what a samovar was, right? So you might as well look up what a tervi is. Exactly. And yeah, or even people who watch the Marvel, uh, these Marvel movies. I mean, are you telling me everyone knows what a, uh, whatever that hammer is called, Molnir or whatever? You don't even know how to pronounce it, right? And then you're watching a movie which is, uh, you know, about this guy who, who's wielding it and... Uh, yeah, I mean, are we familiar with Nordic mythology entire in its entirety? Like, I've read Neil Gaiman's Lost Mythology and I can tell you that it's very... And then when I started reading up on uh, Nordic mythology, you realize that, you know, it's kind of different. Even like, uh, and the Marvel mythology, uh, what the Marvel movies sort of, what they talk about is also very different from what the real mythology is. But people sort of follow those threads right if you're interested if you want to look things up 
and with uh, the internet things are even more convenient so you know why should we offer everything on a plate leave it for your readers let them you know pick and choose what they want to uh, look up and uh, check on yeah because not everyone would be interested in knowing every little thing true priyanka my last question second last question to you actually i i just realized that i have been enjoying this conversation uh, we we overshot time i couldn't care less um but i actually wanted to ask you that there's also a very specific spiritual element right to the love and attraction and and you know tantra etc that's di- discussed here actually don't want to really talk about it in the context of bhairavi but i just want to talk about it in the context of a lot of indian uh, you know myths or indian stories or even in general right you you always have a meera who has this almost i mean she's blinded by love but it, there's a spiritual overlay right there's a certain way that and and uh, say in classic greek literature or in classic uh, or like a homer or anything like that right find love being entangled with spirituality but for us as indians this happens very often right especially in the stories of our gods or or of our sadhus and their wives and and you know the kind of devotion and and all of that right i know this is an, a little bit off track from from our discussion maybe in the context of bhairavi not so much but maybe in the general context what is it really about the kind of stories of passion that we have right that so often draw this spiritual element Oh, wow wow that's a that's a big question <laughs> okay i think uh, at a certain i'm actually super sorry for springing it upon you as you were talking it just came to my head and i thought let me give it a shot in the stars so yeah i mean yeah it's it's a huge it's a big question like i said but yeah at a certain level i think we are we have uh, and i don't think it's as much now uh, but Uh, slowly uh, we are becoming a little more apologetic about the sensuousness and the sensuality about things uh, especially in uh, mythology and things that are considered religious and the i feel find that the, the whole spirituality has uh, increased and of course i mean uh, if you look at greek mythology i mean zeus is like a serial rapist and yeah so, Uh, or actually most of them even i think if you even apollo was so uh yeah or even these nordic gods then i mean they they sort of uh, go around sowing their wild oats and at a certain ex- to a certain extent you can say that was true for krishna too but it's of course been you know there are all these layers of spirituality and uh, you know with the gopis it's uh, it's increasingly you know the bodily aspect of it the physical aspect of it is being downplayed and uh, yeah and the spiritual aspect is you know you're trying to be apologetic about it but i think it sort of also takes away from the the overall picture because you know krishna at the end of the day if you look at the trinity of these go- of the three gods this one uh, uh, brahma is the creator he's the divine creator and he's this Uh, I mean, he does sort of sleep with his daughter, which uh, I mean, again, I didn't say that, but 
Yeah, and but again, like uh, Vishnu is the worldly wise guy, and Shiva is the you know he's the sidha sadha, very simple guy who's who's uh, and which and you know which is also he's very virile, he's very sexy in his own way, but uh, he is a one man guy. Whereas Vishnu is like this worldly wise guy. Did you say one man guy, one sorry, woman sorry, guy? Sorry, Did... one woman guy. Did I say a one man guy? No, that was totally. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry for that. But, no worries. Yeah. So yeah. So, but Vishnu is this, you know, this worldly wise guy who's sort of who's for everyone, and I think it's sort of, you know, it's it was done as a whole packaging thing. Like, here's this guy who's actually, uh, you know, he he's more of the world. So he's also more of the worldly pleasures, and which is why this there was this. I mean, and that's entirely my reading. I could be. Terribly, terribly wrong. And like I said, I am not a theologian. I'm not someone who re- like I've read a lot of mythology, but uh, and different kinds of. But yeah, I think that was the the point. And we are sort of losing these these uh, ways of looking at these people, uh, at these uh, as these figures as characters or as people. And uh, you know the possibility of learning from them is going away with the more we try to ide- idealize them because uh, it's better to have heroes or people to follow who have flaws because you also learn from those flaws. Yeah, absolutely. And Priyanka, you know, thank you for being a sport and taking this very out of syllabus question that just popped into my head. On it was totally out of syllabus. Yeah. Yeah. I I am so sorry, but um. Yeah, but thank you so much. The last question, Priyanka, that I want to ask you is, what is um a book recommendation, right, which is based out of India or written by an Indian author, Hindi English? you choose that you would like to recommend people to read uh, obviously after they're done reading Bhairvi which I highly recommend to everyone yeah so uh, once you're read, uh, done reading Bhairavi and if you can read Hindi I would say read every bloody novel by her because you know she will change your world I mean Shivani's writing changed my world and uh, yeah I mean if you read any of her novels because, I mean, she writes beautifully about everything. I mean, uh, I'll t- give you an example, uh, Ayushi. I, I, w- I must have been 16 when I read. I don't remember which novella this was. But, you know, you're 16, you're uh, kind of hormonal. Yeah, and there was this novel with where this woman is feeling uh, feels desire for her husband who's mentally unstable. Let's see. And he's extremely handsome. And the the way Shivani had written about this, just that that one scene, and the way she described the desire, she, I was, I mean, it really got me going. So yeah, she, I mean, it, she really. So what I'm trying to say here, and not doing a great job of, is that you her writing will find a lot of you'll find a lot of resonance in her writing. So. Anything by her, by and once you're done reading Shivani, if you haven't read Tagore, please read Tagore. Uh, Tagore was her guru, and uh, so and she was educated at Shanti yeah, I think she was she was a star pupil. So I mean, and uh, her style is in some ways the whole open-ended uh, ending thing. It's very Tagore if you look at it, right? And uh, yeah, the possibilities, and then sometimes it's. Uh, you, you know, you have these really strong women and, uh, 
but it's also it also shows the possibilities that are open to such women and sometimes you feel bad for them because you feel like they've been shortchanged but that's also the reality of those times and that is a similarity i find between both of them then uh, again uh, you know from it's, she's not exactly indian but moni mohsen's butterfly books i think that's like the best example of satire so do read that uh, perumal murugan's punachi again you know he teach, he shows you how you can write about non humans so uh, or yeah speak in the voice then if you're reading shivani if you get interested in her then do read ira uh, pandey's didi which is about shivani so yeah and uh, yeah i think uh, th- those are the ones i can think of awesome thank you priyanka for those of you who will uh, despite listening to priyanka and me uh, not look it up yourself let me list out some of shivani's work there's something called 14 phere there is krishna kali there is atithi there is kalindi there is maya puri there's rati vilap there's of course bhairavi uh, and there are a bunch of other books that are available on goodreads they've been rated by hundreds of people they've been loved over decades by people in the hindi speaking belt and uh, and you know do read up and and uh you know uh, tell us your experience maybe of reading her books on india book that the rate the podium dot in i would also suggest that you pick a copy of bhairavi it's available on amazon flipkart online it's available at bookstores near you uh, so do grab the book and and uh, do share some love for uh, these icons of hindi literature who we don't often speak about or think about as much anymore tune into us on spotify google podcasts apple podcasts gana and hd smartcast <laughs>